Welcome to Concerning CAMS, brought to you by Education Pathways. I'm Kevin Connickney, your host. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's get started. Our topic today is water damage claims. I have the pleasure to be here with Greg Havmeyer and Cheryl Roberts. Greg is the Senior Vice President, Partner, and Association Niche Practice Leader with Gulf Shore Insurance, and Cheryl is a Claim Supervisor with Gulf Shore. Welcome, Greg and Cheryl, to Concerning CAMS. Could you please start by each sharing with us your background in the insurance industry? Sure, Kevin. Hi, this is Greg Havmeyer. Thanks for having us here today. Um, I'm currently, uh, as you said, Senior Vice President here at Gulf Shore Insurance. I've been here for a little over 30 years now, and I've uh, somewhere along the line, I got uh, into writing condominium associations, and now I head up our condominium association niche. Uh, for those that are are listening uh, today, thank you. I have my uh, CIRMS designation as well, which is a Community Insurance Risk Management Specialist through CAI. Um, involved in a lot of trades, do a lot of CE classes, et cetera. Um, so this has been something that I've kind of lived, eaten, breathed for uh, quite a few years of my career now. Hi, Kevin. My name is Cheryl Roberts. I'm the claims supervisor here at Gulf Shore Insurance. I'm a licensed uh, claims adjuster in Florida, and I've worked for Gulf Shore about eight years, but I've been in the ins- insurance industry for about 20 years. Thank you, Cheryl. And Greg, can you start by sharing with us how we determine who is responsible when it comes to water damage. Uh, Again, Kevin, very good question. Uh, Water damage claims are probably the number one frequency claim that we see in condominium associations. And several of those types of claims are typically um, from maybe either a shower pan leaking or a water heater breaking. And the first time it happens, um, I get the question from a board member or CAM says, who pays for this? Whose policy? Is it the unit owner or is it the condominium association? And I always say that the, it's an easy answer, but not a not necessarily a, a one that's clear cut. But what where we start um, looking for first off is at the Florida statute seven eighteen point one one one. That is the Bible of insurance coverage, not the documents of the association. Why is that? Because the statute overrides uh, any association's documents in regard to who's responsible for insuring what. It makes everything equal. And if you go into that statute, it's going gonna, it's gonna to clear up who's responsible for the floor coverings, wall coverings, cabinets, et cetera, which are typically the unit owner's responsibility, and then the association. So generally speaking, responsibility-wise to pay for that type of water damage claim, it's going to be the association that pays for everything up to and including the unfinished drywall. From there on in, it is typically the unit owner that's responsible for it. And then, of course, you get the situation where it happens upstairs and the person downstairs inevitably says it wasn't my fault that it happened upstairs. Um, They should pay for it. And unfortunately, that's part of condo living and sharing the loss and sharing the risk. Um, The association still would be responsible for their part per the statute. So I usually lead people back to that and then we have a discussion from there. You mentioned flooding. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the types of water incidents we may see and give us some understanding of who might be responsible for different types of damage? So, Kevin, are you referring specifically to water or all losses? Greg, I'm going to say losses in general because this is an area that's confusing to both CAMs and unit owners. 
Okay, so you know, to answer the question, it, it really circles back uh, full circle on any claim, whether it's fire, whether it's water, um, whether it's lightning. It doesn't really matter what it is if it's a, um, a casualty claim um, that that or I'm sorry, a property claim that happens as a result of an occurrence, a covered peril, then it becomes an insurable um, discussion and not a maintain, repair, and replace discussion because a lot of times people, something might happen to the windows and or uh, or the sliders or something like that, and they'll ask um, who is responsible for insuring these windows. Um, some, they, they were broken by a... Um, the hurricane, they were broken by an explosion or something of that sort. Clearly, that is going to be a um, covered claim. Um, and once it becomes an insurable claim, it goes outside of the documents. It goes back to that Florida Statute 718. When So people will say, well, our documents say we're responsible for maintaining our water heater or we're responsible for repairing and maintaining our HVAC systems. So it doesn't matter who's responsible to maintain them. If the air conditioning was hit by lightning or if it was burnt up in a fire, the association is going to incur that loss. Um, So as far as responsibility goes, the number one place that I direct people is right back to that statute. Do not look to your documents for where coverage begins or ends. Uh, that's really the the starting point is check the documents and then find out what the deductible is and you know what was the actual cause of loss and if it is something that is a cover peril then we go to the insurance if not then you may go back to the documents. Cheryl, can you help us understand the importance of a claim advocate and actually what their role happens to be? Yeah, so what a claim advocate does is at here at Golfshore, we are licensed adjusters. Our clients are able to speak to a licensed adjuster, get the opinion of a licensed adjuster before a claim is filed. So if someone has a water loss and let's say the damage is under their deductible or you know someone else might be at fault, there might be a way to pursue the person at fault before filing a claim. So it would save our insureds or our clients from um, having a claim on their loss run, thereby saving them money in the um, their uh, premium. Cheryl, when a peril takes place in a condominium and it's affected multiple units, I'll give you the example, uh, pipe bursts and there's water damage throughout uh, multiple units. What happens? What takes place? Yeah. So um, let's say, for example, a contractor is in one of the units and makes a mistake, creates a big plumbing leak. They're in a big tower. The damage goes from the 10th floor to the bottom floor. That could be $100,000 just for the dry out and then uh, twice that for the damages. And um, uh, as Greg mentioned with the statute, the um, unit owners are responsible for a certain portion and the association is responsible for a certain portion. And so as long as the the association has all their uh, documents uh, recorded has all you know who it was, where they're insured, certificates of insurance. It's easier to pursue the person at fault. Um, you know, even if you have to file a property claim, it's still easier to pursue that uh, contractor that's at fault. Greg, today we use the term flooding, and we've also referred to water damage. Can you help CAMS to understand the difference between what is covered by a flood policy 
and what's covered by an association or homeowner's policy when there's uh, water damage? A very good question, Kevin. Uh, In regard to um, the pipes breaking or a water heater or um, any other kind of water damage, maybe from a toilet line, water ice maker line of some sort breaking, that is not what is considered flood insurance. That's just standard water damage that's covered under the property policy. And Flood insurance that is typically purchased through the National Flood Insurance Program is only for rising water. So it's not from a pipe or it's not from a water heater. It's from water that's coming up from whether the uh, whether it's been a lot of rain from a tropical depression or a surge that comes in from the Gulf of Mexico. Um, that would be flood insurance, and it typically you can typically see where flood insurance kind of begins and ends, or you know, by a water line in the in the building, for example. You can tell when it's flood, um, and so it's very important for condominium associations in, in Florida to know what flood zone they're in understand how the different various flood zones work and how they affect their premiums. But flood insurance is a very, very important part of any condominium association's overall um, insurance program. It is, yes, another expense, um, but it is something that is needed by many associations, and you should verify what flood zone you're in. And they change, by the way, um, frequently, more frequently than you know. So that's another one of those things where, you, if you haven't looked at your flood insurance in a long time, you should have somebody review it, make sure you're being rated properly in the right zones and getting the benefit of any flood changes. So a follow-up question is, how does an NFIP, a national flood insurance policy, differ from a standard property policy? That's a good question, Kevin. Um, one of the first things we have to understand is what was the cause of loss? Was it from a broken pipe that caused water to come into the unit, or was it from quote-unquote, rising water, whether that's from inundation of rain or a surge from the Gulf of Mexico, which water would then be coming up, which would be defined as a flood. So if it's flood versus standard water damage that we've been talking about through this podcast is that the flood insurance program is a is usually usually written through the National Flood Insurance Program, or, or as we refer to it as the NFIP. Under the NFIP, because it is a national flood insurance program, um, previously I had said in uh, earlier on that we always look back to the Florida Statute 718.111 to determine who's, in, who's responsible to insure what part of the association. If it, in fact, was due to a flood, the national flood insurance program supersedes our state statute. Therefore, all those items that are traditionally removed from the hazard policy, such as floor coverings, wall coverings, cabinets, appliances, set, et cetera, um, there's about 12 items that you go to the statute and say who's the insuring response or what is the resp- insuring responsibility um, for the unit owner. And if it's not one of those things, it's traditionally the association's responsibility. It's usually that clear. With the National Flood Insurance Program, the really good thing about the National Flood Insurance Program, especially for all the unit owners, is that it virtually covers everything within the association, including the building and interior, with the exception of the loose items such as their furniture and personal belongings. It literally goes back in and covers the floor coverings, wall coverings, cabinets, etc. So, you know, one of the first things with water damage was in a, in a hurricane, was it the broken pipe? 
or was it a was it actually truly flood insurance? And so most of the time, 99% of them around here are due to a broken pipe or something else. Um, although we have experienced flooding um, through several of these hurricanes, whether it was surge or rising water. Okay, well, Greg and Cheryl, thank you for joining us today on Concerning Cams to talk us through water damage claims. If listeners listeners have additional questions, how can they best reach you or your associates at Gulf Shore Insurance? Sure. Um, as uh, Again, my name is Greg Havmeyer. You can reach me um, on my direct number at 239-435-7106, or you can email me any questions at uh, ghavmeyer at gulfshoreinsurance.com. And of course, that's my full spelling. Um, it's G for Greg, and then my last name, Havmeyer. So G-H-A-V-E-M-E-I-E-R at gulfshoreinsurance, all spelled out, dot com. And uh, that's that's how you can reach me. And for Cheryl, my direct phone number is 239-659-6652. And my email is croberts at gulfshoreinsurance.com. It's C-R-O-B-E-R-T-S at gulfshoreinsurance.com. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl and Greg. And we'll include this contact information in the episode notes for this podcast.